This episode of the Austin Spotlight is an interview I did with Max Kunick of Austin Tasters Table Club. Max and some friends started the restaurant club shortly after college as a way to try new restaurants in the area and connect with other Austinites who enjoy their food. Check out the episode to hear Max's story, as well as some interesting events they have lined up in the near future. I hope you enjoyed the episode and would love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast. This is uh, Troy Schlicker with the Austin Spotlight. I am joined today by Max Kunick of the Austin Taster Table Tasters Club. I make sure I get those two tasters table table tasters. Um, either way, they're uh, some great uh, great guy with uh, with the company. They're kind of exploring Austin restaurants and kind of bringing, uh, hopefully, trying to bring them to the masses and stuff as well too. So I appreciate you taking the time, Max. And I, I kind of start most of these with what I call kind of like an origin story because most of us aren't originally from Austin. And so it's always kind of interesting to see what um, what kind of brought you to Austin. How did you make that uh, transition down here or yeah. up here? We were down South, you never know. So. For sure. I, I came up here. Uh, originally I'm That's from Houston true. and uh, I came here for school. I went to St. Ed's. Um, which is a small university in this city. And uh, I kind of just stuck around afterwards. So I've been here for almost 12 years now, which is crazy to say. And uh, you know, after graduating college, I started working for Favor, the food delivery app, running operations for them. And then one thing led to another and I love food stuff. So uh, my business partner and one of my really good friends, Matt and I started Taster's Table Club back in 2015. Very nice. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's, I mean, I've, I hear the stories often enough about people coming to Austin. Obviously you mentioned St. Edwards, like, you, like you say, it's a smaller school that no, nobody, people, most people don't know about the, the alumni themselves are you know very proud of, of the school, but uh, UT definitely does dominate the city uh, in just about every way. So a lot of times people aren't, aren't aware of that, but uh, you do hear that story. A lot of people coming for school and then enjoying it. Uh, liking the area so much that they kind of stay long-term. Yeah. I mean, previously to like maybe five years ago, UT was the city <laughs> and now, you know, tech is the city and there's all kinds of other things that are, are part of uh, what makes up Austin. Uh, so it's been really cool to live through all of that and be like, UT was the only sports in town. Now we have an MLS team and all this other stuff is happening, which is really cool to be a part of. And, and there's like, talk potentially of the Buffalo Bills moving here. I think that's more of a ploy to get them to get a <laughs> new stadium. Yeah, I think it's kind of unlikely, but uh, but yeah, similar to me, I, I moved here a little bit before you would have, and right, it was pretty much this, you had the state government stuff, you had UT and you had Dell, and those are kind of the three big things, and now it's so, um, so much more diverse. Not that there weren't other things before then too, but it's definitely exploded since then. Uh, did you all, like when you went to school, did you have a passion for business or restaurants or those kind of things previously as well, or just kind of happened that when you graduated uh, or you, when you got the job there, that kind of sparked that interest? No. So it was kind of an interesting journey to where, you know, my love for food came from, uh, up until you know, probably sophomore year of high school, I was like a peanut butter and jelly guy with not a good palate. And uh, right around that time is when my uncle opened uh, Uchi here. And so that's really what broadened my horizons on food. 
And ever since then, just been trying to implement trying out new flavors and going to different places. And in college, I started the like uh, the Food Trailer Alliance uh, group, and we would go try out different food trailers because when you're in college, your budget isn't as big. So we were just going out to different food trucks and working out a deal with them. And then I also worked for Austin Restaurant Week in college. Um, so the food part has been there um, through college and I graduated with a degree in entrepreneurship, knowing that I wanted to start my own company one day. And, uh, this is just, this was the first one that, uh, you know, kind of stuck and I've just enjoyed doing since then. Nice. And, and it's always kind of had that organic growth of small steps into it with, you know, restaurant week and the food truck Alliance. And so it's kind of all those experiences I'm sure have been extremely beneficial for you in this current role. Yeah, of course. I mean, in, in the food world, knowing people is everything. And I have some food truck friends that I met way back then that I still talk to now. And uh, it's it's just been, you know, some have left the industry and done other things and some have gone into brick and mortars. And it's really cool to see that. And now I'm able to, you know, hopefully be part of their journey in other ways. Yeah, the, the restaurant business, similar to retail, is uh, is challenging for sure, right? I mean, it's just the the hours and the the long the long hours, the odd hours, um, the slim margins for things, and so it, you kind of either tend to have I feel like people that are either lifers or those you know rising stars that kind of shoot up quick and then kind of burn out just because it's not the type of thing for everyone uh, that that way, but uh, I'm sure you've seen, they say a lot of restaurants sometimes will have the same owner, but then after a number of years, for whatever reason, people have kind of gotten used to that restaurant and they want something new or that type of food has kind of gone out of favor for different reasons. And so a lot of times I, you'll see a restaurant, you'll see a new restaurant pop up. And you're like, Ooh, who's the new owner? Oh, it's the same owner. They just decided that it was a time for a different, a different product or, or they, um, got bored with what they were doing, right? Like they decided to change their palate and their um, their passion for the type of food. And so they decided to open up something different. Yeah, right. I mean, it's an ever-changing landscape, especially, you know, you have the high-end dining and then you have the casual dining and everyone's trying to figure out how to, how to make it uh, kind of going for similar but different customer types. And you know, for Taster's Table Pub, we, we try and do both ends of the spectrum on going to super nice restaurants and going to food trucks and then getting private chefs that are trying to get their name out there. So we're, we're trying to support the food industry as much as we can by showcasing what everyone's doing. And then, you know, obviously it's a social thing because you're sitting with eight to 12 people and you're there for at least an hour and a half. So you're going to get to know the people you're sitting next to. But always the star of the show is going to be the chef and the food. Sure. So yeah, go into a little bit more. So what, um, what kind of prompted you starting? Uh, so maybe first off, kind of maybe explain a little bit more what uh, Austin Taster's Table Club is and kind of what you guys do. Yeah. So I'll start with what prompted it and then I'll go okay, into yeah, sure. what we do because they're kind of very much aligned. Uh, so I was working for the Austin Food and Wine Alliance uh, doing events for them. And uh, I went to hundreds or a hundred sip and stroll events in a year. Uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I went to a lot and I started seeing, you know, a lot of the same faces and a lot of the same people going there and 
And I started asking a lot of questions on like, well, what's the return on investment? How do you know these people are coming to your restaurant after they try out your little bites of food at all these different events? Um, because, you know, it, it's incredibly hard to track that. And then on the side, I was meeting all these food influencers and Instagram influencers, and they were all going and getting free food from the restaurants to, to promote and put on their pages and stuff. And they would have these dinners with like, eight or so people and chef would just bring out a smorgasbord of things that are on the menu. And I was like, okay, well, between these two things, I want to know how I can bring this to the public and how I can stop paying, you know, over $75 a meal with me and my co-founder, Matt, we were paying like $150 every time we went and tried out a restaurant because we were always doing the same game plan. It's like, Hey, can you just give us whatever your six best items are? And obviously we're going to have a drink because we're going out to eat and just having, having a, an experience. And so, you know, we kept on doing these things and our pocketbooks were going down. We were pretty young. <laughs> and uh, so I just wanted to see how we could bring that same experience, but to the public. And so that kind of what, that's what started Taster's Table Pub is we, we started with a membership model. And now the membership model is you pay hundred dollars a year and then you get access to these dinners that we have at least once a month. And the dinners are always gonna be at least six courses and a drink. And then you'll sit with eight to 12 people, sometimes a little bit more, all depending on the type of event, but it's supposed to be super intimate to where you get to know the chef and you get to really experience it, but you're also talking to the people around you. So it's, a, it's an inherent networking event, but we really try not to advertise networking because it's such a, it's a word that sometimes has a bad connotation to it because you kind of roll your eyes and be like, oh, another networking event. I don't want to do that. There's so many. But this is like you get to try out really good food and that's the core part of it. And naturally, you're going to talk about the food and then maybe you might talk about a little bit of what you do. Sure. No, the, yeah, the, the best networking um, connections tend to be the ones that are more organic anyway, right? So in, in case like this, you're trying to create that organic situation with the restaurant meal and then if if the networking side of it comes from that great but there's um there's there's an inherent benefit in just experiencing the new restaurant and kind of checking that out yeah and so the restaurant for us just to be clear it doesn't have to be new it's we want it to be new to you sure uh, so like it could be a restaurant that have been it's been around for a long time but we want you to go to it because you haven't been there or like maybe they have a totally new menu and you haven't been there in a while. Well, it, let us remind you that the food's still really good. And that's always, that's usually like our number one priority is like, I always say I have the hardest job going and trying out all these restaurants for the group, but it, it's to make sure that, uh, you know, when we go into the restaurant with the club that the food is good because I've already vetted it, hopefully. Um, there's been some misses here and there, but I'd say, you know, we have like a 98% success rate which is pretty high <laughs> nice yeah no, that's awesome yeah and they say you're you're willing to fall on that sword to yeah make it's sure a really it's really hard to eat food all the time <laughs> yeah yeah uh very nice so obviously um so you started this business back in 2015 um i'm assuming you kind of saw saw growth happening whether it was slowly or quickly and then obviously last year happens the pandemic which had to completely change your business model since it completely changed what the rest, what restaurants were, were going. Did you guys um, do anything unique or different 
um, because of that, or did it just kind of halt where business was? Uh, what kind of impacts did it have for you guys? Yeah, I mean, in order for us to make sure that our members were getting any value out of their membership that they were paying, uh, we went to virtual. And so we were hosting virtual cooking classes, uh, cheese, we did a cheese tasting class, a chocolate tasting class, uh, and then a sushi rolling class. And then we were just making all kinds of food with different chefs from around town, which was fun for a little while. But I think, you know, over time, people were just worn out from virtual stuff. And uh, it became harder and harder to sell. And more and more of our members were pushing us to just do outdoor dining. So back in October, we stopped virtual and just started doing outdoor events where individuals were sitting with whoever they wanted to sit with. So it wasn't really the group. It was more like, okay, you come with a plus one or plus three, whatever it is, and you guys sit at your own table and it's kind of at your own risk. And we've, we've been doing that since then. And now we we're back to like, everyone wants to sit at the same table and, you know, hopefully everyone feels safe doing that and, you know, going into it, sure what you're doing. Right. Exactly. No, that's the big thing, right? If you, you have the knowledge of, Hey, I'm going to go to an event that's going to have 12 people and we're all going to be at the same table that, you know, that hopefully gives anyone who um, would have concerns the the knowledge they need to make the decision, whether it's the right, right move for them or not. Right. Correct. And that's that. In the beginning, we were like, if you want to sit at your own table, let us know. We'll put you at another table. Well, what we found was nobody wanted to do that. Uh, sure. Everyone wanted to be part of the group, which is perfectly fine with me. Um, it's just a matter of how we seat everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it just showed that everyone's super ready to be back to normal, even though it doesn't look like we're there yet. Um, but everyone just wants to be able to socialize and do things like they did pre pandemic. And it's very obvious in events. Yeah, no. And I think, right. And it's a phrase that even I use a lot of times too, like, um, you know, return to normal or the new normal. And it's one of those where things will forever be somewhat altered by what, you know, what's happened and transpired. But as humans, we're social, we're social creatures. We want to interact with, um, people, some of us with more than others, but, um, you know, again, someone that's joining your club, I would imagine, you know, enjoys the food part of it, but also enjoys the social aspect of it. So it, it would be, uh, I would think pretty common for them to be like, no, like, this is why I want to go to meet, go at this specific time to meet, to meet people and hang out with them versus just grabbing a bite to eat. Correct. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's exactly what our membership group is. You know, when we started it, it was mostly 24 year olds uh, and everyone did it for to support me or like they heard from a friend. And now it's all, it's very interesting to see how we've grown up as a club and it's, we our club skews way older than it did before just cause you know, we've had more elevated experiences and it's not the cheap uh, Taster's Table Club that it used to be. And we, you know, the members are looking for different things now. Um, and we, we need to provide the experience for the members that, you know, are paying and coming to the dinners. Nice. Um, so how many events do you guys usually have either like, you know, is it per month or per year or is there, what's kind of the plan? Yeah. So we used to have three dinners a month, uh, usually all on the same night. Uh, we're still growing back up to that. Um, so we're, we're trying to do three events a month. 
Um, but we're waiting to do a big push on that till everyone, we think everyone will be coming back from summer. It seems like a lot of people sure. are traveling right now. Um, so we're trying to really push that and launch that in September, doing going back to three dinners a month, not all on the same night. Um, but for August, we'll have we'll have two dinners, at least two dinners, and uh, we might add another one in depending on demand. Yeah, no, I've I've definitely seen in the real estate business. Uh, normally, right before school is always a slow time because families are kind of getting ready for that. But this year, that started much earlier as far as people taking vacations because for a lot of people, it had been a year and a half or longer since they'd had the chance to take a vacation. And so I think there's been a lot of people that have uh, gone early, probably gone longer than normal to get those vacations in. And so I'm sure you're seeing that on, on your side of things as well. Yeah, definitely. We came in, it was like May, we were selling out all these dinners and it was awesome. And then June and July, we're like, okay, I don't think people are here. <laughs> and now, now we're starting to see some people come back. Uh, we have an event in a little less than two weeks uh, that we have 50 seats for because it's a, it's a mashup event of two really awesome chefs, which I'll talk about it later. But, you know, we sold a good amount of those seats and that just is telling of how many people are coming back. Nice. Has there been, so you mentioned obviously some of the things you were doing during COVID. Um, have you, are there any of those kind of events that you think you would potentially carry forward um, to add to the business model and experience that? Um, that you yeah, did? for sure. I mean, that's a great question. And we did this thing in uh, January called uh, ATX Bagel Box. And we featured three different bagel shops in town and they provided us with a half a dozen bagels and a couple of schmears. And then we included all kinds of items from local companies and uh, it was really successful for us. And so now we're trying to roll that model out in the bakery form. And we want to be doing uh, a thing called what we're calling bakery box. And it's going to feature a different bakery every month. And it'll be a subscription service for that. And we kind of learned how to how to master that model or hopefully master that model in January. And uh, I think we're going to be rolling that out also in September because uh, it's just like people like getting fun things at home still, even if you're out able to be out in public. But getting some nice treats with some surprises is, uh, is just something fun to get at your house, especially if you're living with someone else and be like, oh, well this is really cool. I've never heard of this place or like I've never even tried this. Um, and I think that'll be a, a hit and, and we'll only be featuring local bakers that, you know, again, we're trying, we're doing the hard work of trying them out and making sure they're good so that everyone can also make sure that they're delicious every month. They're going to get delicious treats. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, we do tend to, at least I do, right. You tend to get in the habit of places that you go or your daily routine. So, you know, I'm not a coffee drinker, but you know, people go to Starbucks all the time or go to Dunkin' Donuts. And so you tend to have those routines. And, and so it's, uh, especially on the bakery side of things, cause it's usually an early morning thing or a, you know, buy for an occasion kind of thing that you tend to have your, probably your one or two places that you get most of those kind of things from. And like I said, Austin has so many, different varieties of stuff but it's also can be challenging right like if you're not necessarily wanting a lot of something well who if 
you know, who wants to drive all the way across town for that, that bakery item. But if you yeah. can get it delivered to you, then it's like, oh yeah, I'd love to try out some, some different, uh, some different foods that way. Yeah. And you're kind of hitting the, the nail on the head there with, you know, the whole reason we started the club was like to get people trying out new places that they hadn't been to. And the headache for most people that I know is how do I find which place I want to go to? I know which places are good, but half the time I go to a new place and I don't enjoy it. And then I'm mad. I didn't go to the place that I know that I like. Well, that's, that's kind of the part that we're trying to take out. And it really is, especially now it's just like the, the media is with trying to figure out what's right, what's wrong and you know, what's hype, what's not. Um, it's the same in food and it's really hard to figure out which places are actually good versus which places are paying people money to say that they're good. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it, you, I mean, nowadays you can almost create your own award, right? So like there's probably a few things, you know, the, the, the Chronicle has their best of, which is usually, um, you know, probably more accurate, but even there, right? Like there's restaurants and, um, you know, different individuals that push to their people. And so if you just have a larger audience, a larger fan base that can help keep you on the top of those, some of those types of lists, just because you're popular rather than necessarily being the best in uh, a food product or a restaurant category. Yeah. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. I mean, I think that the edit, the news editorials do a really good job, but some of these other online editorials, uh, I, I see some trends sometimes that, you know, if, if the restaurant has money or is working with the PR group, it's almost a guarantee that they're getting into the editorials online. Yeah. And, well, and so many, there's so many spaces that need information, need content that if you're, you know, right. Like they're, they, not that they don't want to be, not that most of them, I don't think want, they want to be as fair and, and, uh, uh, down the middle and opinionated as possible. But when you're like, Oh, some, you know, someone's going to come and, you know, kind of handle this for us. It's like, okay, great. And so they, you know, you don't necessarily have the time to go check out all the restaurants, like news, newspaper, you know, the Austin Statesman, you know, news organizations, budgets get slashed. So you can't, you know, hire having a full-time food critic who is completely by unbiased is, you know, a job that's no longer there. Yeah, no. And, and I don't discredit any of these online editorials. Uh, you know, everyone has a job and you're trying to pay for your life. And so I don't discredit any of them. It's just, you know, as a, as a consumer of, of reading their articles, I, sometimes I'm disappointed in seeing something that I know not to be true. And, and, and what I've also been alerted of in the more recent futures, you know, everyone has their own taste buds. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions. And so you might love a place and I really disliked a place uh, and neither of them are wrong. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of what, maybe you had a better date than I had, or maybe the chef was on your night and the chef was off my night. Um, if there's all kinds of factors that go into it. So I, I never, I never say that someone's wrong and it's, it's only everyone's opinion. Yeah. Very, very, very true. Uh, with you mentioned you have a a dual chef event coming up uh here in august kind of what tell us a little bit more yeah so we have a really exciting mashup event with uh chef bob from south from sexy food co and daniel brooks from leech's cantina 
And so they're going to be doing, and it's four courses, but it's eight plates of food from their own countries and kind of tapping into a little bit of each other's countries. And so it's going to be a lot of mashup food. Uh, it's going to be paired with four drinks. Uh, we'll have a live DJ there, and I'm sure they're going to have some surprises. They're entertainers themselves. Uh, so they're coming up with totally new dishes that aren't on either of their menus. And they've been having fun with it. I've been in text groups with them, just like them going back and forth. And what do you think about this? Will this, will this go well with your dish? Will this go well with your dish? And uh, if you haven't had leeches or, or sexy food co., um, I highly suggest going. They're incredibly talented chefs and their food always impresses. So bringing them together is going to be, it's going to be a party, but the food's also going to be unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I'm really, really excited about that. And it's $150 for non-members and it's $125 for members. Nice. And it's got to be something that's fun for the chefs to kind of break out of your, their traditional menus as well. Yeah, exactly. They're, chefs are usually excited when they get to do stuff with other chefs that they respect and when they can make something that's not on like their daily menu. And this is both. So usually when they get to use their creative minds and they're both good chefs, good stuff's going to come of it. Nice. Very nice. Uh, and, and do you know when in August that's supposed to be? Yeah, that's going to be August 16th. It's Monday, August 16th. Nice. Perfect. Right after you know, the kids can stay home and get their homework done because school should be back in session then. So yeah. And if Good. we sell, if we sell that out, we might be doing it around to the following week, but the numbers have to be there. Sure. Yeah. We'll let's keep it to this show. We're not saying. That <laughs> uh, so for people that are interested, say, in that specific event or just kind of interested in learning more about you guys, what's kind of the best ways to either get in touch or stay in touch and stay abreast of what you guys are, are doing? Yeah. So if you have specific questions, always feel free to email me at max at tasterstableclub.com or you can go on our Instagram at austin or tasterstableclub.atx. And we're super active on Instagram, less active on Facebook. And uh, between those two mediums, you'll be able to contact us and get in, really get in touch with me. And uh, we'd be happy to answer any questions. But uh, the Instagram, you're going to be able to keep up with all of our events. And then you can always go to our website at austin.tasterstableclub.com. And th there's a, a list of events that we have and a little bit more information on what the membership includes. Nice. Any other kind of big plans um, going forward other than the event here coming up in August or in a couple of weeks now that it's, you know, the third of August? Yeah. So, I mean, that's our big event that we've been focusing on. Uh, we've got this bakery box that we'll be launching in September and we were constantly lining up really good restaurants and chefs to work with. Uh, it's just a matter of we only plan them a, a little over a month out. Uh, because that's how restaurants work. Um, and, you know, over six years now, we've kind of figured that out, that if you're trying to plan out four months ahead of time, it's usually pretty tough. Because we've had, we've done that in the past and then all of a sudden some restaurant backs out or unfortunately a restaurant will shut down and then it messes up our whole schedule. So we, we don't want to 
spend too much time on things that might not happen for we know a month and a half it'll happen because it's only a month and a half away you guys have yeah you guys probably have a plan that's a little further out than that but as far as really nailing stuff down with the restaurants uh that's kind of that perfect time window for you yeah and we don't we don't normally launch dinners up until like 10 days before the dinner um because that way it gives hopefully our members a sense of urgency to buy the tickets uh and it gives us time to get the menu from the restaurant and so they every, people should know exactly what they're getting nice um one of the things i did see on the website that doesn't necessarily to me but it might be of importance to people is you do mention that because it is a limited uh restaurant it is a limited amount of items or limit you know selected items from the the menu and that there's some limitations as far as um making alterations or food you know food sensitivities that way yes that, that i thank you for bringing that up because that is kind of a pain point for some people but yes since we only have 12 people going to some of these dinners it's incredibly difficult to be able to handle uh people's dietary restrictions and we understand a lot of dietary restrictions are very valid. Uh, just if a chef is creating a menu, we can't adhere to dietary restrictions. Otherwise, you know, we don't know what the pricing of everything is. And it just makes the whole flow of things not as great because, you know, if Troy is gluten free and I'm not gluten free and it's a pasta place and then all of a sudden you have like four different items than I have. Well, you know, I, I'm part of this tasters table club to try out everything. Now I want to try out your things because I'm curious. Um, and so it just makes a better flow and a better flow of conversation if everyone's getting the same dishes. And, you know, everyone's got their own opinions on it. But in our experience, that's what's been, you know, kind of key to get restaurants, good restaurants to sign up for uh, sure. during our club. And it's, it's one of those right say it's, it, it, you, you, you guys have the, uh, the niche that you're, working towards and again we'd, while we'd all love to be able to help everyone that's just not really the way things things work and so as long as you're kind of transparent have you guys ever done has there been enough interest that you've done events that say were a gluten-free event specifically or a vegan or vegetarian event specifically uh we haven't done that specifically um i can say that we've done a gluten-free meal it just happened to be gluten-free <laughs> um but we've always you know teased with the idea of it and i think as we get our systems really rolling again then we'll be able to you know maybe start uh another portion of our club that really is focused on a gluten-free or vegetarian or different parts but we're not quite there yet we still need to see an in an increased tick on what we used to have you still need to focus on your core business and getting mm -hmm. that back to back to you know 2018 19 levels and then from there you can look at the potential to expand and what what makes the most sense like you say it probably potentially makes more sense to do something like the baker box uh, or something in that genre versus a dietary specific correct yeah for right now and you know the beauty of this is we're such a nim small and nimble company as we can always pivot to other things and if there's interest, we can make it work. We always tell people like, if you have, if you want to do a private event and you want us to help, we obviously know the chefs, like we can do that too. And that can be another part of our business. But right now the focus is on the core in, in this membership 
and then how we can keep growing and making the membership more valuable. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to, to sit down and chat. I know, uh, you guys are getting busier and busier as things go along. And again, that your big events only a couple of weeks away now, it's hard to believe it's already the start of August. So can't believe it's August. Yeah. It's the uh, year has gone by quickly again for anyone that, um, is needs information. The probably the easiest way is going to their website, austin.tasterstable.com tasterstableclub.com. And you can kind of get on the, uh, rest of the, social media and contact information and stuff there. So um, again, Max, appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Troy.